have on the line Samantha Walker from Rebirth Radio, Another Perspective. Sam, are you there? Hello, Sam. If you're there, speak up, please. All righty, one second here. We'll have Sam. Hello, Sam. Are you there? Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Just barely. You might have to speak up a little louder so the guests can hear you. All right, are you there? Can you hear me now? I can barely hear you. I doubt if the guests out in the listening audience can hear you. Right. Oh, God, can you hear me better now? Once again, I can hear you just fine. I don't think that the guests can hear you. Hmm. All right. All right. Bear with us here, folks. We'll be right here. We have a fantastic show lined up for you. And once again, my name is James Whitfield, and I am the host and founder of Our Turn Social Media Radio and Our Turn Social Media Network, and as well as Ex Offenders Resource Network. But like I say, we have an engaging show, and we'd also like to send a shout out to Miss Simone Higginbottom from Rebirth Radio. She's the founder, CEO, and president, and we really appreciate her listening in. And also um, being the managing supervisor boss for Miss Samantha Walker. All right, Sam. Hello. Okay seems that we have lost Samantha Walker here on air, so what we're going to do is we're going to just get into the broadcast of what we're going to talk about here today. You know, um, Ex-Offenders Resource Network is a nonprofit organization that was set up by myself six and a half years ago to help the men and women coming out of prison have an alternative voice 
someone that they can relate to to help them with issues that they face as they try to reacclimate back into society. Well, recent months, we've met with the United States Probation Department and the Federal Reentry Court here in Minnesota and developed a partnership with them. Ex Offenders Resource Network and Platinum Staffing in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, and Becker, Minnesota, have all uh, began working together. And we are now um, working with the United States Probation Department, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the U.S. District Court, and and the uh, Federal Bureau of Prisons to help the men and women get back to work. All right. I do believe that we now have Samantha on the line. Samantha, are you there? Can you hear me now? Like I said, I can hear you, but I doubt if our guests can hear you. Well, it's using the platform, so they should be able to hear me. Did you? If you okay. if you've patched me in, they if you press the microphone button and unmuted me, you should. Everybody should be able to hear me if you can hear me. Because you're broadcast. Well, say, yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Perfect. So, Perfect. Sam, tell us what um, what fantastic things have you been working on here so far this year? Well, my show, Another Perspective on Rebirth Radio, Shadow World Media, um, has been picked up by Our Heart Radio. I've been working on my career Simone Higginbottom is an amazing producer, director, editor, along with the other artists on the radio platform, and we are blowing it up for 2020. We have a revamped, brand-new show, brand-new logo, brand-new content. Um, Another perspective is all about controversy and the topics that are hard to discuss, things that make people uncomfortable but really need to be said really need to get it out there, open it up, and, and stop keeping things in the shadows. So, and, and of course, it's my own opinion and my experiences and my education along with that. Um, so really, it's been working on those things. Um, I know there's a, top, a couple of topics that you and I are going to discuss today on your show that also kind of crosses and bridges over into some of the content areas that I'll be discussing in my show and that other broadcasters on Rebirth Radio will be discussing as well. Oh, okay. It sounds like that you guys have a, a whole lot of new things happening for you, and I'm happy to yeah, hear that. Yeah. You know, um, we... Um, I briefly discussed. I briefly discussed that uh, our turn social media, as well as Extenders Resource Network, are working on new things. Right. And that uh, platform is amazing for the social media site. I mean, you really have a lot going there. A lot of things that aren't being done in other places. Well, you know, our goal when we sat down, I believe, Sam, you were with me or we had had a discussion in June of 2017 of creating a different social media platform, something that Facebook, 
Google, I mean, uh, Snapchat, none of Instagram, none of them are doing. We have become the ultimate one-stop social media platform for whatever it is that an individual is looking for to better their lives, to improve their lives, or better yet, as some people with social media, to really have a life. Well, and because connect. on average, it's all about the community and connecting, right? And what better way to bring your betterment of your life in connecting in one place, right? True. Well, when you look at it and you realize that people, on average, spend four to six hours a day on social media, some even longer, that time can be spent earning a college degree or a certification in a different field or career choice. And we also have employment set up on the site, so that way once they earn that degree or diploma, they're set to walk right into a job. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, and we've partnered with organizations that at some of the world's top colleges and schools, Ivy League schools, and universities around the world. There's a total of 240 of these educational services available through our term social media. Well, and and for the the niche of ex-offenders, James, for the niche of ex-offenders, you really have the hookup with a, a solid organization and a solid individual who is really willing to give those ex-offenders and people in the re-entry community a second chance at life. And so that's amazing. That is true. One of the world's largest employers is Manpower. And we've been working with Manpower since our inception in 2013. And they've been putting people back to work irrespective of their prior criminal history. They base it up on having an individual conversation with the person and then going off of it from there, you know, because they want to know what type of uh, individual that they're really dealing with versus what they read on paper. And now, that is what they make that tip. You yourself are running these organizations. You're a member of the black community in Am I mistaken, or or is the owner of Manpower, or or the the individual responsible for that, is is he a member of the Black community, or am I thinking of someone else that you work with? Um, recently, there was um, there was an African American female that was appointed, I do believe, as the president or CEO for the Manpower Corporation. I'll have to double-check my records just so that I don't misstate that. But uh, locally, there's an African-American, well, an African gentleman uh, that runs several uh, temp agencies here in the Twin Cities, three throughout Canada, and three in Europe. And he's further developing other temp agencies in other parts of the world that also would put people back to work 
to Ex-Offenders Resource Network platform because we are just not a local Minnesota organization. We are recognized in 200 countries around the world. Man, that is incredible. I, it hasn't been easy, but, hey, it had to be done. You right, know, right. And uh, by with the formation of our turn social media as a platform, like I said, we had to take into uh, into context every single facet that an individual would need. We have a housing platform through a partnership and a link that was provided to us through the Chris Lindau Realty team here in Blaine, Minnesota. So here, let's give a shout-out to Chris Lindau Realty up there and his team. Hi. But, but um, what they did is they partnered with a home ownership program where our individuals who come through the site can rent to own a home. It's a relatively easy and simple process that they do. They fill out an application. If they are approved, you go on, you find the house in whatever part of the country here in the United States that you want to live in, and the realty company will go through and purchase the home and then lease it back to you, therefore giving you that option after a certain period of time to buy the home out from under them. So it's contract for deeds. It's something like that, you know. Rent to but own contract way, you know, for deeds, yeah. You know, it still affords the individual an opportunity to become a homeowner. Which is really so, where it's at now. I mean, uh, paying a mortgage is far less than paying rent right now. Yeah, you know, uh, that is something. I mean, uh, recently uh, my son made the purchase of his very first home. And, you know, I'm very proud of him, and he bought his home in St. Paul, Minnesota area. And But, however, it was through a different realty company, and that one is called the Sin Tree Realty LLC. These are friends of mine All right. that it, that it getting together a realtor and an insurance agent, and they formed a company and started buying properties, and now they sell and resell. That's pretty cool. But, you know, so (laughs) uh, let's back up a, a, a second here, Samantha, and let's talk about what we, you and I had discussed are you there, Samantha? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm hearing a bunch of background noise. That's why I was like, <laughs> okay. Can you hear me now? So, uh, yes, I can. Um, All right. You remember in 2016, the discussion that we had had before we discovered um, that. Now, President Donald Trump was entering the presidential race. When we had talked about the partnership 
that we were trying to develop with United Healthcare. Yes, for low income individuals. Yes, 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 yes. Right, right. That is when in 2016 we began a conversation about how they were talking about doing away with what they call Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. Right. At that time. You know, there's already people, even with those things in place, there's already people that that fall through the cracks. Like their employer doesn't have insurance or sucky insurance, but they make too much for for general assistance or Minnesota care and the stuff on the marketplace is still pretty unaffordable at times for some people, you know, there's, there's that in between, that in between group. Right. And see, and you worked in that industry for a while there, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So can you give us a, a little bit of a rundown so that the listening audience can better understand what you what you guys did and what we were trying to do to make it better for them through our uh deal that we were trying to work with United Healthcare. Well what I did is um I was a navigator and so I would go ahead and help people sign up on the state platform for medical and dental insurance. Um, some people didn't qualify for medical assistance, which is a federal program, or Minnesota Care, which is paid by state grant funding um, because they made too much money on paper. However, you know when you take when you look at their budgets and their their household size and what they pay for rent and what they pay for food and you know factoring all, in all their income, you know a thousand dollars a month. For a family of four, um, for medical and dental, isn't really affordable. I mean, they say it is, but it's not really affordable. So there's this whole group of people that are going to either be penalized for not getting insurance at all or have to take insurance out and have to make a decision. Can I get this medication this month? Can I pay my rent this month or my house bill? Or how much food can I actually get or I guess we'll be going to the food shelf and getting sick of seeing that, you know, we want to be able to provide, you know, another service that helps individuals who really could use that extra benefit and could qualify for help through the organization and through the United Healthcare um, program we were going to be offering, which was going to be a mass group health a mass group coverage plan for people who have low to moderate low income. And that is true. And the discussion that the the gentleman that I had, had the conversation with who presented it to then president and CEO of United Healthcare Group, it would have covered every area where ex-offenders resource network was developing a chapter in that particular state. So it would have been nationwide. And, Which would um, have been groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. But no, that it, that it would have been. But the talks are going to be resumed, but also want to give a big thank you and a shout out to Ms. Marilyn Williams at United Healthcare Group for making that connection. You know, without her, we could not have even gotten that far into having that conversation. 
So right. She this put is the plugs to Marilyn in. Williams. You yes, know, she yes, did. she did. You know, so and uh, I keep telling her that I owe her dinner. She said, "No, James, you don't owe me anything. I appreciate what you're doing." I said, "No, but you still need to be rewarded for your efforts." And uh, also today, we were supposed to have a a partner, a business partner of ours, Rohan Sharma from New Delhi, India, calling in. But there seems to be some complications with that uh, with that call getting through. So we're going to have to uh, bring this up at a later time. But Rohan is our chief technical officer. He's the one who's going to bring us up to date on. Pardon me? I was just going to say, let me say what a talented and skilled individual he is. Um, he knows quite a bit about development and security. Um, he's really, really excellent at what he does. Right. You know, and uh, he holds um, he holds a, 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 well, he's just about completing his doctorate program. And this man knows everything there is about a computer. So, you know, he's a he's a phenomenal individual. But also, today we're going to talk about a controversy that is now headed into the United States Supreme Court in the case Austin versus United States. This is right. a matter. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me make a couple of points about this case before you get too far into it, James. The okay, individual, right, the individual in question um, in this case that brought it forward had possession of the items in her own content. Now, I'm not saying it's okay to go into other people's stuff, but if you're going to be in a relationship and have communal access to your private data, and then when the relationship ends, not take precautions to protect that data, knowing that they could access it, you know, you have some culpability in that. So there are some facets to that case which make it unique versus other cases that are also going on simultaneously as this is being battled out in the Supreme Court. Now, James, I'm sorry for the interruption, but I did want to make a few distinctions in what you're about to say um, for people to keep in mind. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Samantha. All right. Well, what I was going to get into is the case is involved what is known as revenge porn. And the case is whether or not whether or not the release of the photos, images, and information is con- protected under the free speech clause of the U.S. Constitution. However, this is totally different and distinct from a situation in which earlier this year I was invited to produce a short uh film for Minnesota Film Festival. And the title of it was Unseen. So we had to think of what was unseen and filmed and recorded. So I've spoken with a young lady 
and she told me her story, which I knew of, and it was happens to deal with this very same issue of revenge porn. And the name of the film was The Unseen Effects of Revenge Porn. However, prior to its release, which it could not be released without a musical score, and the music composer backed out of it for religious reasons, merely because it had the word porn in there. But the, Which is really unfortunate because it's judging. Yeah. I'll let Samantha tell you more about the film. Well, revenge porn is a very controversial topic because it places a lot of ownness on the victim as well as the perpetrator. And I understand that that everybody in that situation has a degree of ownership within that. However, in the particular context of the film, you know, I am the individual in the film. I'm going to come right out and own that. And I know many of you are gasping and clutching your pearls and, you know, kind of excited. (laughs) Kind of excited about that. I didn't want to throw you under the bus, but I'm glad that thank you for bringing that out, that no, you are I, the, I'm, the I'm, subject of the documentary gonna, film. Yeah, I'm going to own that, you know. I was in a relationship for six years, and we have a child together, and there are many things that happened in, during the course of that relationship, a lot of emotional abuse and some physical abuse, and later on, through working through the things that I went through, I've discovered that that individual most likely has narcissistic personality disorder. Bless you. Most likely has narcissistic personality disorder in the way that that disordered individual engages in relationships. The person that they're engaged in a quote-unquote relationship with, um, their brain is rewired similar to that of cocaine addiction. Now, this was a study, and I can't remember which educational institution had done this study, but they looked at MRIs and fMRIs of individuals in this relationship and that of people who have uh, substance abuse disorder with uh, cocaine as their drug of choice, and they found a lot of similarities, and it's because the way narcissists Um, engage in relationships, they love bomb, and then they devalue, and then they discard, and then all of a sudden when they need to feed on your emotion again, because they suck emotion, and they suck reaction, and they suck kind of chaos out of you, they'll start love bombing again, and you think, oh, it's back to this perfect thing. Well, this relationship, this individual was one way until he got me where he wanted me in the relationship. And then all of a sudden he flipped. And so slowly but surely he started engaging in these things. And when I finally was able to leave, which it took me a year to plan my my leaving this individual because of these threats and the level of fear that had been conditioned into me and indoctrinated into my brain, um, it took me a year to plan this, this departure from the relationship. And when I finally did, these private photos that he had 
oh, come on, they're just for me. It's when you're, when you're having your menstrual cycle or when you're too tired or you're sick or you're with the baby. Come on, you, you don't want me going on porn sites, do you? You don't want me talking to other women, do you? So it's almost like this, pack your bags, we're going on a guilt trip, and if you don't come along, then it's your fault. And, you know, reluctantly, I agreed to do things to keep peace in the relationship because, you know, I didn't want it to fail. And, you know, we were engaged. We have this kid. What could go wrong? I'm the mother of his child. He's not going to betray me like that. But the moment I left, everything was online. I had no access to this content. He supposedly had it locked down, encrypted on a file that he on a computer he had to use his thumbprint to get into. I mean, it was super high-tech gizmo. He's in IT for a living. And, wow, I mean, I thought, oh, okay, I would be protected. But I wasn't. Sam, Sam. Yes. How many sites was this actually on? Well, you know, it's funny, James, because it started just as revenge porn and then escalated to, like, blogs and fake court documents and altered information and involved my other children and non-redacted information posted to the Internet. But it all started from revenge porn, and when the result wasn't what he wanted from that, in 2015, when I renewed the order for protection, I got an order for protection immediately when I found the information in 2013. And so this has been going on for seven years, right? So 2013, wow. I get this order for protection. 2015, I go to renew my order for protection because at that time, it had blown up to over 52 websites. 52 wow. And I'm talking revenge porn, videos, pictures, um, disparaging comments um, in all sorts of mega file share sites, um, other sites, uh, blogs, um, websites that he purchased in my name. And that's been, that's been factually and actually and truly um, found out to be the truth because there was a subpoena for records and things like that. Um, I mean, just to the level where it was crazy, like overwhelming. I was getting approached at gas stations. I could hear people sneering and, and making comments. Somebody grabbed my wrist and tried to pull on me. And when I screamed and pressed the button, the clerk ran out, the guy ran off and I said, aren't you going to call the police? And he said, what for? They're they're not going to find the guy. He's going to be long gone before the police even respond. It'll be 20 minutes to an hour before a squad gets here. What are we going to tell him? The guy was on the camera? Samantha. All right. Hey, yeah. Uh, but then uh, I realized hey, that that had to be a horrifying and terrifying experience for you through it all. And uh, right. I believe that you mentioned that the conclusion of the case has come to a uh, a just conclusion now. And that, well, uh, see, I mean, it's, now, it, it's, it's in limbo, yeah. But then, but then now, um, what can you tell the women out there, any the men and whoever out there, how to best protect themselves? Briefly, before we take a quick break here, and then 
we'll get this here call in number. Let me give the call in number real quick, Sam, and then you can give that. Absolutely, give that. absolutely. All right, for the guests out there listening in that would like to call in and have a comment or would like to see some input or just, just be a guest on the show, the guest call in number is 845 area code. Two seven seven nine one eight two. Once again, area code eight four five two seven seven nine one eight two. And you could either speak with myself or with Mr. Matthew Walker of Rebirth Radio. I have another perspective. Also, we may even get a guest call in from Mr. Moan Higginbottom, the CEO and founder of Rebirth Radio. All right. I'm going to take a quick break here, and then when we come back, Sam, she's going to wrap it up here. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let Sam keep chatting with you. I have to go to the restroom. All right. Well, when all this was taking place, uh, you know, there were – I had orders for protection, but they didn't do much good because the state statute couldn't cover that until 2015, 2016, when they finally came into play. The individual was charged with two counts of violating the order for protection and the state statute, got a year, no same or similar, re-violated, and upon this re-violation and the subpoena for these records, found out that stuff that I had previously reported um, fell under that, and they were able to reopen it, and now he's been charged again this past summer on two different counts and we're awaiting trial um, and then eventually sentencing potentially. Uh, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. The, the Supreme Court um, case with this individual in, I believe, Illinois, this young lady, could have some precedent, but my understanding is is that some states' language in the law is what's in play, not the law itself. So we shall see. We shall see. There's, I hope for justice. I pray for justice um, because people should be stopped when they continue to do things like this. Um, as far as tips and pointers, you know, when you deal with somebody who has narcissistic personality disorder, you know, look for signs and symptoms like they're super charismatic and charming. When they get into a relationship, all of their past relationships, it's always the everybody else's fault. It's never their fault. They may or may not Sam. isolate a lot. Yeah. Okay, I'm just Sam. giving tips Sam, and pointers right now. Okay. I am back. But, Sam, I hear you giving tips yeah. and pointers. But in order for people to fully understand that, you know, your background, I think you should tell them a little bit about your educational background and why you're able to identify these personality disorders as you do? Sure. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology um, with a minor in lifespan psychology. I also have a master's degree um, in psychology and human behavior um, with a specialization and a focus in marriage and family therapy and systemic therapy, which includes uh, um identification of personality disorders. Um, So I have the degree and the education and the background that is, that allows me to view um, 
behaviors and thought processes and disordered thinking in a certain way. And by no means has this individual been diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, and it's highly unlikely unless the court forces it or mandates it that he will ever be um, diagnosed formally. It usually takes some sort of legal intervention for narcissists to be diagnosed unless they finally determine their life has been crazy enough and they want to get help. But most of the time, they don't feel they're the problem, so they won't reach out. All right, Sam. Hey, well, we'll take that there insight into your field that that would help people better that you're able to identify which as these here faults and these flaws in human behavior. But now, Sam, we're kind of pressing time here, so I think we should kind of move on. Um, and let's just talk about the upcoming release of the film, The Unseen Advantages, I mean, The Unseen Effects of Revenge Porn. Right. We will be releasing within the next five days. Only because there's right. some additional edits But we also wanted to talk about who one of the biggest things that have ever happened in my any of yours. Um that is the this is the second that I, as an American citizen, have witnessed the impeachment of a U.S. president. Now, right. we're just going to talk about it. This is not the opinion of, of anyone else. We're just talking to open the, open the floodgates to get people to talk, to find out their thoughts on this, okay? Yeah, and but these are just on, opinions, not facts. I mean, these are just thoughts, you know. Okay. Now, we also understand that even though uh, U.S. President Donald J. Trump was recently impeached on two articles, obstruction of justice and um, and uh, abuse of power. Mm-hmm. But there's also talk that the president is facing a second impending impeachment trial. Now, how is that even possible? I've never even heard of a president being impeached twice. If anyone out there in the listening audience has ever heard of this, please call in. Our number is 845-277-9182. We would love to hear you. What you know well, about a second impeachment of a sitting U.S. president? Well, James, I think the Democrats have their own little trial right before the holidays, and I believe that the Republicans still have to have their trial. And so I don't think it's necessarily a second impeachment. I think <coughs> both both departments have to vote to impeach in order for the impeachment to entirely well, go through. Otherwise, it's just well, merely in writing. Well, well Sam, from, from my understanding is that, is that there was the impeachment trial, which they got, but in order to go further, 
they have to have what is called the Senate trial. And that is we, we, the, the Senate is controlled heavily by the Republican Party. Correct. Now, they said, now, if that goes forth, then they will bring in uh, the documents to begin the second impeachment process. So this is not it's just one already. We're just waiting on the Senate trial, which is supposed to happen sometime here in January 2020. Then after right. that proceeding, then they will be then again initiate another impeachment proceeding. So that's why I said there's a second impending impeachment, not the Senate trial. And that trial, the Senate trial, is one that they also can use to actually remove a sitting president. Now that's yeah, but uh, oh boy. You know, here's my problem with this. Like, shouldn't this have happened like a year or two ago? Like, it's happening now, right before a reelection. If he's not elected anyway, I mean, he's pretty much finishing out his term because this is dragging yeah. on and on and on. You know the Republicans are going to bring it right up to the edge of the end of his presidency. Well, you and know, the thing is... I believe is in that... the news on top of that, sorry, James, but I believe in the news on top of that, this impeachment hearing, because of all the blurbs from Republicans and Democrats and the way this has gone about, I understand that his ratings have gone up. It, they had dropped, but I believe that they've gone up now. Yeah, well, you know, it's it, politics is uh, that's one of those uh, that's one of those crazy animals that you really don't want to cross. You know? Um, and uh, you know, I say that you because uh, several, several years ago, I ran, I ran for president of the United, uh, the president of. I'm a little excuse me. Let me back that up. I did not run for president. I ran for the office of mayor of the city of Blaine, Minnesota. And right, the man who was the mayor. Another video. And yes, and uh, the backlash that I received in that was. Um, well, James, we believe that you're a great businessman and that you can do this and you can do that, but you'd be hard-pressed to get the whites to vote for you in a in a white community. Well, I got nearly 7,000 votes for a first-timer entering the political race, you know, and, uh, and came pretty. And, pardon? And your history. And that's astounding oh, considering yeah. you, you ran with an open platform you're not hiding your history. No, you know, that was a, everyone knew that I was an ex-offender running for this public office and uh, was a, an NBC news story slated to be released on my running for mayor and my running the nonprofit organization, as far reach and our schools and everything, and how we were helping the homeless as well. But that was overshadowed by NBC put the story on the back burner when uh, Donald J. Trump entered the uh, presidential race. So the James Whitfield story, the man that could do it, that was back. That was put on the back burner. 
But um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, you know, with the uh, you know with politics, one's um, ratings can go up and down. Um, you know, it's very it's very likely that you know uh, that his ratings at the at this particular moment moment could be sky high. This week they could be down again. So it's like a seesaw. Right. Hey, you know, I just got word that Miss Simone Higginbottom herself may be calling in to the show very, very soon. I don't care. Okay, well we have uh we have let me see what we got. We have approximately thirteen minutes left. Here on this on our hour program, so right. I hope that she calls in. It will be a delight to talk with her and hear her what she has plans or if she cares to share those plans, you know, with the listening audience for um, for her future twenty twenty going forward. Oh, what a vision it is! <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure that you guys are all excited over there. Are you doing your little happy dance over there now? Of course. Okay. Okay, well, you, one you can't of the get things to 2020 that, um, without it. Right, that's true, that's true, that's true, definitely. Well, one other thing that is also in store that uh, Ms. Samantha Walker will be working with me on is a series of film projects short films and a possible feature film for under a uh, a uh, film festival where we can enter our film into any one of the 126 Academy Award qualifying film uh, categories. You know, so, I mean, they... (laughs) It'll be nice to win an Oscar, you know, <laughs> Academy <laughs> Award. But, you know, um, I got into filmmaking as uh, an alternative to after I left prison. I left prison January 3rd, 2005. I left out with a business degree and a law degree. And I graduated a year early from both with a 3.8 grade point average. And I couldn't get a job nowhere. So I tried and that I struggled for years and years. That second sentence is a very real thing. And, yes, that second sentence is, is worse than the first sentence. You know, because you come yeah. out fully educated and equipped and qualified for the jobs, but once they find out you have that felony, the doors get slammed. They call in extra employees to help escort you out as if you were going to harm them. So... I learned filmmaking, and I re- produced a short documentary film called Bridging the Gap from Prison to Workforce. And right. that film has been distributed from me to organizations in London, England, and from London, England, Miss Sue Clifford at the No Offense Organization in Redford, Redford uh, Shire, United Kingdom. She distributed to 60 other countries, and then it just snowballed and blew up from there. 
So we that's how we come to be recognized in so many countries in such a short span of time. That by the end of 2014, after our website was launched, we were recognized in 185 countries at that time. I'm talking right. about in a period of less than one year. There's organizations that have been around forever, and they are not known outside of the state or the community in which they are based. But, you know, so um, by, by mistake, I was mistaken to be, um, I guess, one of the, one of the wealthy group because um, there were some scammers that thought that I was in that group and category. So in the process, I've met kings. I've met actual princes. I've met sheiks, you know, um, very, very wealthy millionaires and billionaires whom I sometimes have frequent conversations with about current things that they're working on in their companies and in their industries and in their countries. It is very rare that an individual in my position and who has been out taken away from life for so long for over 20 years to get out and actually be able to sit down and say, Oh, well, I was having a talk with the new King of the Netherlands. Oh, I was having a talk with uh, King Juan Carlos of Spain. Oh, I was just chatting with the princess over here in, uh, in Malaysia, or I was talking to the sheik over there in Dubai. See, these are the things, you know, so that's one of the other things that drew this freelance writer for NBC to write the James Whitfield story, you know. But anyway, let's kind of wrap it up here, Sam, and let's see if we can't get uh, Miss Simone. Well, I was just talking here. with her on Messenger and, and 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 encouraged her to phone in. Um, she had inquired about it, and so hopefully she does call in. Okay. Hey, well, even you know, it would be it would be awesome if we can get her on. But you know, if if not, then we can always have another show. You know? That's right. But so uh, now, uh, <clears throat> one other thing, uh, Sam, that I think that uh, maybe you should tell people that you're also a cancer survivor, young lady. Yes, I am. Stage three A breast cancer invasive introductive carcinoma. I didn't forget, but I mean that's not something that I lead with, you know. No, but I'm just saying, you know that. Miss Samantha Walker is amazing. You know, this woman has a resiliency uh, of a rubber band. She just bounces back, you know. But I'll let her tell this story. Well, in November 2017, I was diagnosed with um, stage 3A invasive interductal carcinoma. I went through chemotherapy, radiation. Oh, what is Um, that, ma'am? You know. Chemotherapy you know, is intravenous uh, medications that go through your body to fight off um, replicating cells. Um, no, unfortunately, no, no, it doesn't. No, no, 
No, Samantha, what is it? You yes. said invasive carcinoma. Can you explain invasive what that is? Invasive carcinoma. Right. In layman so terms. It was, sure. My lymph nodes in my milk ducts and the other ductal work in my left breast had cancer cells. My tumor was the size oh, of nine centimeters by three centimeters, the size of a large lemon. I also had seven lymph nodes removed. Four out of seven were positive for cancer. Oh, so ladies, you know, go get them mammograms, get yourself checked. You know, yes, I have seven important. sisters, you know, so ladies, get out there and get yourself checked. You know, but, you know, so anyway, we're down to our last five minutes and 20 seconds here. And I've just heard from Simone Higginbottom, and she'd like to come on and do another show. She's on her way to a New Year's Eve church celebration with a family member, and so she would love to join um, the show on another occasion, um, considering the holiday and the events of the evening. Okay. All right. Then, hey, well, we can arrange that. You know, uh, like I said, uh, this woman, uh, Miss Simone Higginbottom, she's not only the uh, owner and president of Rebirth Radio, uh, Rebirth Magazine, and Samantha, you can tell them what else. Well, she's got a lot of different side businesses, and she has written the book, I Am Her, she has her whole slogan and campaign, I Am Her. She's endured and overcome so much, and she really supports um, entrepreneurs and women in particular. She wants to encourage and support and give a platform, a positive platform for rebirth and overcoming. Um, there are males who do contribute to the magazine. There are males who do have the radio shows Unconcealed is one of the biggest syndicated shows um, that uh, that is is net also on the platform, um, as well as some other shows, including another perspective. She manages all of us, and she's pretty amazing. She's got a lot going on, and she's she's pretty okay. amazing. And you know, much okay. much like and you, Mister. Oh, 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 hey, all right, a female version of me is in everything. Oh, that's awesome. Everything is everything, man Yeah, but you know So uh, I love entrepreneurs And entrepreneurial spirit You know, and it's great to see When people take it upon themselves To realize that Hey, you know I can do this You know And they actually get out there And they take that chance If it's first, you don't succeed don't give up. Just keep trying. You know, sometimes you have to sit back and retweak it, modify it, and um, give it another shot. Re- rebrand it. Go right back in. This time may be, right. may be that time that you actually win and get through. Right. You know, like a phoenix. Like, uh, you got to rise from the ashes. Always. You know, if you don't, Somebody's going to step on their mashes and they're just going to just get stuck on the bottom of somebody's shoe and off you go. You're going to hear a lot of no's before you get that yes, but 
You make your own way, trailblaze. James, you're, yeah, you're trailblazing. Simone, she's trailblazing. I hate for someone to tell me. I hate for someone to tell me I can't do something. You know, it's like um, about two years ago, I had a conversation with a businessman, and I was explaining to him that uh, he was talking about he wanted to do some videos and something. And I told him, I said, well, I have a, I have a started a streaming company along with the assistance of a former prison guard, Miss Deborah Helmbert. And we just called 21st Century Media. And we were into music and video streaming since 2008. It's 12 years now. Incredible. And we're down to our last 90 seconds. But at that time, we were talking, and I said, you know, I'd like to buy a, a kit and put together my own satellite to launch so that we can end up um, broadcasting and getting into more people's houses faster. The guy thought about it, called me a couple of days later, and he says, does the satellite have to be based here? He inquired if the satellite has to be based in the United States, and I said, no, it can be globally positioned anywhere in the world. And that's when he told me, he says, well, I have access to a satellite, you know, my own family satellite that we can use. And I said, whoo. So anyway, as we wrap it up here, just know that watch for good things to come from Ex-Offenders Resource Network, Our Turn Social Media Radio, Rebirth Radio, and Another Perspective, and also from Mr. Samantha Higginbottom. So once again, thank you for joining our turn. Thank you for joining our turn social media radio for this end of the year broadcast. And we wish each and every one of you a happy and we wish each and every one of you a happy and safe new year. Happy twenty twenty. Happy New Year. See you in twenty twenty. Hey. All right. Hey, I'm just done.